0: You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Right into the word of God, at least this part of our service is a time where we read and study the word of God and allow it to speak to us. Um, our heart and our desire, obviously, as a church is that Our church would be centered around the person of Jesus, and we, as uh, people, would grow to be mature and loving disciples of Jesus, followers of Him, and there is just really no better way than opening up God's Word and hearing what He said and how it is that we ought to follow Him and live like Him and all all that. So um, I'd love if you could join with me by jumping and opening your Bible, jumping in and opening your Bible to James chapter 3 verses 1 through 12. James 3, 1 through 12 is the text that we're going to read today. And if you've been with us, you know we have been this fall into kind of our winter season now, going through the letter written by the half-brother of Jesus, James. And we're digging in verse by verse, chapter by chapter, not skipping anything. And kind of as a precursor or a reminder, um, James is writing... He, he is a pastor. He's a leader and a pastor in the church in Jerusalem. Um, the formation of the first church, the early church in the book of Acts, this church gets scattered because of persecution, right? The church, just like the church over the last few centuries, has been persecuted for what they believe in, uh, for preaching the name of Jesus, for walking in the way of Jesus. This, the church... This new newly formed entity is scattered. These believers are scattered from gathering together in Jerusalem. And now they are really foreigners and outcasts living in foreign lands and foreign cities, trying to still navigate their way with Jesus. And so unless you are sitting here today and you were born and raised in downtown, anywhere else, this is super applicable because we all can put ourselves in that if we know Jesus, we're outside of our original place where we originally grew up in a foreign land, maybe with a, foreign, uh, a different or uh, a people group, a sphere, a job, friends that um, we may feel in the same way, that it's hard to follow Jesus regardless of where we grew up or where we live or where we will move in life. This is always going to be a challenge. How do the people of God... Follow the person of God in the midst of whatever culture and sphere they're in. So even though this was written by James in you know, in the Middle East 2,000 years ago, a very different culture, a very different place on earth, so applicable. And so if you thought this just was like an ancient book, it's just good head knowledge... Yes, that is also true, but you're missing 99% of the point in that this is for us today. And so that's why we jump in. It's more than just a history lesson. It is for us as people that attempt to follow the way of Jesus that we too can glean from it. And so we're going to read it, pray, and allow it to speak to us and hopefully shape us to be more like Jesus. You guys good? All right, so James 3, 1 through 12, I'll be reading out of the NLT translation. It's on the screen, or there's Bibles around you. But James, speaking to these scattered believers, says this. Dear brothers and sisters, right, the family of God, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, We would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire for it is set on fire by hell itself. Okay. doesn't get much stronger than that, James. Verse seven goes on. People can tame all kinds of animals and birds, reptiles and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out of both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Okay, so this is the word of the Lord. Let's pray and let's get into it. God, we thank you once again for your word that we have it in front of us today to study, to learn, to read, to listen to. And Lord, I don't think any of us just wants this church experience just to be another church day. Like we want the most of what you have for us. God, we really do desire to hear from you and you to speak to us, even if it's convicting. This is super challenging. This is very convicting. But God, we know that you do it from a place of love and care, of design and desire. Like you design and desire us to be more like you. And you're actually looking out for us and you care about us and you're giving us warnings. and Because ultimately you just want us to be more like you. We want us to to walk in the design that we were designed to be like. We want want us to honor you with our bodies and with our speech. And so God, we just say, have your way with us. Have your way with us today. Um, We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. So I'm sure all of us very well know the saying, Right? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Probably from an early age. Most likely, a parent, an auntie, an uncle, teacher would say this, like all of us. It's like a nursery rhyme. Right? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I would guess most of us from an early age were told and recited the same. Again, the intention, why you say this to kids is, is hopefully, right, to give some resilience and strength and encouragement when you're called names or when you're put down or when there's a bully, like, hey, don't worry. But this is like the, so not true. It's just funny, right, as you get older, I think you're like, that's absolutely actually not true because if you've ever broken a bone, like I've broken, I, you know, I've broken a lot of bones. You break a bone, you get a cast, heal, you're good to go. Sometimes the bone's even stronger, right? Like there's this sense, but but words, like comparison, right? This is the saying. The comparison words, if we're honest, we all know this, can stay with you and affect you like your whole life. Like even now you're thinking of like that thing that, that someone said and you're like, dude, I still remember that and it still affects me. So you're like, dude, this is so not true. But again, I understand the intention. I understand, you know, like obviously. But words by nature are so powerful. Like words do have weight. They do have effect. And that's not a bad thing. <clears throat> right? That's a part of God's design. Like there's really good parts of right words with language and speech and writing and reading. Musical lyrics. Like beautiful. We'll move you. We'll encourage you. We'll educate you. You can, you know, speak truth over people. Like words are really powerful. Both good and bad. Again, it's not necessarily bad that words are like so powerful they might hurt me. Right? Words do have the ability to encourage, speak life over, communicate God's goodness. You can imagine if you didn't have any words, you couldn't communicate, can't read this. You have no idea who God is. And you, I mean, words are so powerful and so needed. Like just imagine a world, right? God designed language and speech and words and vocabulary and sentence structures and all my English majors, Audrey, you're like, oh my gosh, she's speaking it. Um, I have so many teachers in here. But it's true. Like, there's good things. What has humanity done? Absolutely distort it. That's what we're really good at. What's the number one thing we're good at with humanity? Distorting what God designed. Messing it up. Twisting it. Using it for evil. Because we all know firsthand knowledge. All of us. Even, like, my son that's six years old has absolutely already learned this. Words... Good as they can be, we all know that words equally have the power to tear down, to harm. They can be weaponized. They can cause division. They can cause harm. They can negatively affect us, right? And even if we think back to times when people have said like really gnarly things that, that have affected us, that have hurt us, right? A lot of times, they probably are for like a parent, a loved one, a close friend, or it could be like a critic or a bully. But words have power. Words by design are powerful and have the ability to either. This is what James is getting at. Words can either glorify God and build up others. Or again, James is saying with the same mouth, you can curse God and tear down others. Literally have so much power. Once again, uh very applicable. All of us are sitting here like, okay. Not only do right probably agree with this, but when we put a mirror on ourselves, we're like, Oh man, I have a lot of ability with my words. There's a lot that I can do with my own words. There's a lot that I've done with my own words, right? If we're honest. But again, once again, here in this letter, James is challenging these believers who are living their lives out amidst different cultures and peoples and places. And what he does, what James is doing, he's a, he's a pastor, he's trying to pastor. He's, just, he's, he's strong in his words, but he's, he's pasturing them. And he wants to give these Christians a potent reminder of the power that their own tongues, their own words and their own speech can do, and again he uses very uh, ordinary examples, very uh, everyday examples that they could really grab this idea. Um, and he uses like first is like a horse's bridle or a horse's bit. Um, I'll be honest, you're gonna hate me for this. I don't love like riding a horse. I just I've done it a lot, but I don't love it. But people, you know exactly that because when I do the horse's bit. bridle, it doesn't work for me, but I'm probably doing it wrong. Um, But the whole point, obviously, is there's like the the, the bridle or the bit in the horse's mouth that if you're good at riding a horse, you you obviously, it's a small thing, and a horse is such a powerful animal, but with a little bit of movement, it controls the whole horse. And James says that's an example of the tongue in the body. Also, the rudder of a ship, like if you think of a container ship, Honolulu Harbor or a cruise ship, these are massive ships. But their rudder in comparison is like so much smaller and a little bit of a turn to the rudder and it changes the course of this entire massive ship, right? And then obviously, again, super uh, ordinary example, but he says, you know, like huge wildfires that happen. Like for me, I'm from California. So <clears throat> we're always on the news like every day of like people doing horrible things, or, like, or stupid, things. I don't know, just a lot of things. They're doing a lot of things. And there's there are fireworks, there's, there's baby reveals, like you don't, you name it. People are setting the whole state on fire. But seriously, it's, but it's because of like little sparks, like literally the whole, like so much land, like you would not believe it. If you're from Hawaii, you would not believe the amount of land burns from a muffler spark, a dirt bike spark, a baby reveal, like you name it. No, it's true. Just look it up. Like Baby Reveal California, like like last year. Just be careful with your baby reveals, okay? I'm not... Okay, sorry. I'm going down the rabbit hole. But the whole point... (laughs) It's hard to pull out of that one. Um, These small and seemingly insignificant things in comparison to the whole may not look strong, but all of them have the power to control or do damage. Like rudder's rudder's essential, that's a good thing. But a spark to wildfire, that's a bad thing. Like that's James's point. He's using illustrations to communicate a point. He's using these real-life illustrations to compare them to how seemingly small the tongue or the mouth can be compared to our whole body, but they can it can also have the power to do so much damage. And so again, James brings these strong warnings of what can come from our speech. And again, not to be super cheesy and bite Spider-Man here, but h- hold on. There's a line in there that applies that with great power comes... Great oh my gosh, we got... See, I knew... Sometimes you don't know if like it's going to go this... It went, it went, the joke. <laughs> but the whole point, right, is that it's like... Yeah, people, it's good. It's good. <laughs> oh, baby reveals in Spider-Man. This is one to remember. Um, but here you go. With great power comes great responsibility. That is, if you don't remember anything, like maybe tie that into James real quick. Because that's his whole point. Hey, it doesn't matter how much influence you have in life. It doesn't matter how popular you are, how gifted you are. It doesn't matter who you are. Your your tongue, your speech, as a human being, as a part of creation, has incredible power to either praise God or curse God or build up people or tear down people. That's his point here. And because it's only right that when we read something like this, I think we look to Jesus and we go, hmm, what did he say also about this? Right? Is there anything Jesus also spoke in relation to James? Kind of like if we're following followers of Jesus, this would be good. Like, what did Jesus say? So he did. If you remember, he said had something to say. And it's a couple different places, but I'm going to read Luke chapter 6. If you're taking notes, you can write down Luke chapter 6, verses 43 through 45. Uh, The context here is that Jesus is addressing his crowds and his followers about a, a bunch of different things. But then in verses 43 through 45 of Luke chapter 6, as Jesus is speaking, he says this. He says, A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. So what you say flows from what is in your heart. So it's important that we go there because at the heart of this, Jesus said, you know those words that James is talking about? The the speech, the tongue. Our words are actually a reflection of our inner spiritual condition. So what flows from our tongues actually reflects what's actually happening in the core of who we are. And this is not made up. This is Jesus. Like, if you're like, that's not true. You're like, okay, well, then you got to wrestle with Jesus here. So so then you go, okay, right? If we were to think about that for a second, like in the same way that we would bring, you know, all of us, we would bring, uh, like if something's happening with our health, we bring these symptoms, these health symptoms to our medical doctor to hopefully, right? Ask the doctor to diagnose them and to treat them. That's what we do. That's why you go to the doctor, right? Um, And what the doctor hopefully is trying to do is trying to not only treat the symptoms, He's trying to find the root cause, right? That's what you're hoping a good doctor does, is trying to like, hey, how do we like, what's happening to create those symptoms? And so in the same way, the great physician, Jesus, is looking as well into what is causing our speech to be the way it is. So turn the mirror a little bit on ourselves, myself included, okay? So we're gonna ask some questions. If we're to notice that our own speech is angry or maybe it's anxious or maybe it's mean or maybe it's passive aggressive or proud, Jesus would want us to ask the deeper question of where's that coming from? We don't like to do that, (laughs) right? Because it's just a speech. I just said it. It was just in the moment, but it's like it came out. And Jesus said, it's because of something that's happening. There's a deeper something. So, where is that coming from? And you see, Christianity is, is not, and I, I repeat, is not, just about behavioral modification to get in line with what God says. Right? God said, don't do it, so I'm just going to try as hard as I can to not do it. Well, yeah, that's part of yeah, of course, we want to glorify God. But many of us maybe grew up or think, like, that's what being a Christian or going to, or, you know, following Jesus is. Like, I just got to do the right things enough to feel good that, I, that I'm pretty good, that I'm good with God. Right? That I, like, my good outweighs my bad. Like, we just play that. Oh, I'm just going to try to be better and do better things and more go to church more and give more and serve more, and then I'm good. And I would say, when Jesus is saying, you're talking about symptoms. Those are symptoms. But rather, I think Christianity is about inward heart transformation. And your heart and your being, like, gets changed. And so the outflow of the inner change is you act and think and speak, like, that glorifies God. Because there's inward change. Jesus wants to bring healing, renewal and restoration to our hearts. Like that is where he wants to go. That doesn't mean that we can in tandem go, "Oh man, like I should be mindful of how I'm speaking cuz it's hurting that person." Like hey, <laughs> play in tandem, like stop doing that but also then ask God like, "Hey, why am I doing that?" There's a tandem there. But I think for like lasting transformation, it's like going after the heart. It's like coming before Jesus and having him like heal and renew and restore. And like, we're changed from the inside out. And what James is saying is he says that as believers, like we first have to be aware. Like we just have to have an awareness of the destructive power, like of an unchanged heart resulting in an untamed tongue. He's like, we just got to be like mindful of that. Like that's where James starts. Like just be aware of the power that you have. Um, Because again, each of us have the power to either be like ambassadors of grace, like speakers of love and truth that our speech like glorifies God and builds up other people, encourages other people, thinks the best of other people, wants the best for them. We have the power and the ability to do that. Or each of us equally have the power to be ambassadors. I mean, the opposite is ambassadors of hate, unforgiveness, dishonesty, thinking the worst, speaking the worst, lying about other people, you name it, gossip, like you name it. The amount of things we can do with your mouth, either good or bad. Again, there is a grayscale and spectrum to this. It isn't fully black and white, like we're not ever going to mess up or we're not ever going to like. Not at all. See, the, also the truth of this is that each of us who have submitted ourselves to the way of Jesus are works in progress. You have to walk in that. Like you can't just go all or none, ah, just, I'm horrible, you're like, okay, but, or I have to attain to a certain amount of righteous living or else I'm nothing. Like, no, it's just gray. It's a spectrum. We're all works in progress. We all have room to grow. We all need to extend each other and ourselves grace. God does, and we should too. Right? We all, but, but in that, we all have areas we can grow. We all have areas that we can grow. And places in our hearts that still need renewal. Right? The most important part of this today, if you're going to walk away with anything, you're taking notes, is understanding the power you have with your words to know in and of ourselves, we can't bring lasting change. Even James says that you can tame everything else in nature. Did you notice that? He's like people, his whole point is kind of funny. I don't know if you noticed that, but like in verse seven, he says, people have tamed all kinds of crazy things. You know, he's like, animals and birds and reptiles and fish. But he's like, there's no way in and of ourselves you can contain your tongue. But everything else in creation, you can. We need to know there's power, but also in and of ourselves, we can't bring lasting change. But rather, we need to submit our hearts under the lordship of Christ. We need to surrender. We need to give up. We need to admit, like... Where we're like our faults, our areas we need to grow, that we have room to grow, we need to admit that. We need to surrender, we need to give up, we need to put ourselves and our hearts, so to speak, on the operating table and under the scalpel of our great and perfect physician. And again, going back to this medical analogy or illustration. With any type of medical surgery that any of us will ever go through in our life, there is always fear. There's trepidation, there's a vulnerability to it. And the same can be true with the Lord. When we when, we, when, we, when we're vulnerable, when we're open, when we're when we're real, when we don't have our guards up, when we're not defensive, when we like pause and allow ourselves to sit under the Lordship of Jesus, this can be also fearful, and there's trepidation and there's there's a vulnerable. You're like, what's going to happen? And what's he going to say? And I don't know what's going to happen. But today, I think that the word that God would have for us is to trust him. So again, in the same way that you trust that doctor <laughs> that you don't even know, to cut open your body. I think the word of God, I think what God's word for us today is to trust him, to believe that he knows best and that he has his best intentions for each of our hearts. That he knows exactly what each of us need, the areas we need to grow. He knows better than yourself and better than your closest friend what you're supposed to be like what God's designed you to be, like the fullness of what God has for you, God wants to do that. He doesn't want you to miss out. He doesn't want you to to not be used by him or experience him. But it starts with the heart. It starts with the great physician doing that heart work, that heart transformation, that heart sanctification. Um, And I believe the word that the Lord has for us today is to allow him to do that work. I'm going to end by reading Proverbs 4:23 that ties into this, and it says, "Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life." Again, this is where everything flows out of. It's not about modifying our behavior. it's about coming under the Lordship of Jesus through the way of Jesus and and saying, God, change me from the inside out. But it starts with that surrender and that admitting that we need him. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for what would seem like a simple reminder really does affect every conversation in our life. Every text we send, every email we send, every relationship we have has to do with our words, has to do with our tongue, has to do with what we say, what we don't say about you and about people. And Lord, thank you that we're all in the same boat, that we all need you to do this inner heart work so that our speech and our words can be more glorifying to you. There's not one of us here that's immune to this or, think, or, or or that we don't need it. We need this. We absolutely need this. So God, we, we do want to submit and su- or surrender ourselves to you today, Lord. During this second set of musical worship, as we spend a few more songs in worship, we pray that we would respond to you in the way that you've spoken to us. Whether that be kneeling down, whether that be uh, praying before you and asking for help, whether that's raising our hands, um, singing our voices, like, God, we want to respond to you. We want to receive from you during these few songs. Um, We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.